wonder uh, how many of you this morning would say that you have a prized possession. Anybody got a prized possession? Joe's pointing at his wife. Well done, Joe. Uh, so, you know, some people would say they've maybe got a classic car or a, a boat. Maybe it's just your everyday driver. It's just the, the thing that you just, that you love. Uh, maybe it's your, your home, your garden, your yard. Uh, do, you, do you have a, a prized possession? And some might say, uh, most of it's kind of old and run down, and I wouldn't know if I'd prize it or not, but uh, maybe what do you value the most? Uh, for others, it's a, it's a relationship, Joe. Uh, maybe with your wife, your husband, your, um, your kids, your grandkids. Uh, maybe your favorite sports team, <laughs> your prized possession, or that's what you value the most. Other people, they, they, uh, uh, don't, they don't care about the things so much, but strive to experience things, go places, see things, uh, do things. So it might be skydiving. We had an amazing trip to uh, Yosemite National Park this summer. Just amazing, the, the beauty and the scenery there. Um, but some people just like to get out um, and explore. So you know, picture, picture something that you value, whether it's uh, an experience or it is uh, some form of relationship or, or maybe some sort of prized possession that you own. It's the thing that you are willing to uh, stay up late for and get up early for. The thing that you'll work hard all week so that you can enjoy it on the weekend. You got something you're thinking about? We had, a, um, we had a big uh, week this week, obviously, with the high school camp. Sarah was here um, all week. Court, our, our youngest son, was a camper. Um, and I was here in the office. I stayed late for the services and, and uh, some of the evening activities. So I was getting home uh, late, you know, each night. And, uh, but I also had a bunch of things that I wanted to get done during the week because on Saturday, I wanted to be sure that we could relax. Go to the lake. Maybe if you get up close, you can see I'm a little burnt here this morning. Uh, my back's worse. Um, but uh, you, you know how it is. You can't relax on Saturday if your to-do list is, is long and pressing, right? So even though I was getting home, you know, 10 o'clock or later each night, I would stay up, work hard. I was getting up early, trying to get everything done so that when we got to Saturday, we would be able to enjoy the day. What do we value? What are we willing to work hard for and to sacrifice for? That's what I want all of us to be thinking about right now. Uh, let's pray and we're gonna, we're gonna do a little review of 2 Peter uh, chapter three, the first half, and we're looking at the second half. We're gonna close the book up this morning. So, Heavenly Father, uh, would you just speak to us this morning? Would you help us to understand your word? Would you help us to uh, discern the truth in it? Uh, Lord, would you convict us uh, uh, where we need to be corrected? Uh, would you encourage us uh, in areas that we need to be encouraged? And would, you, would we walk out of here changed and hopeful for the week ahead because of the time we spend together? And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So a quick um, sort of uh, review from the, the first part of 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to talk about it again, but just that the day of the Lord is coming, and it's a sure thing. 
Um, so just to, just to review verse three, uh, Peter mentions that the scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. And what are they scoffing about? They're just saying, look, God's not coming back. If he, w- if he was gonna come back, he would have been here already. You're wasting your time in church. You're wasting your time in small groups. You're wasting your time in, in Bible study. He's not coming back. So just live life uh, to the full. Today is what we have. If you can't see it, if you can't test it, if you can't understand it physically, then it doesn't matter. Just enjoy what you have. Uh, this, it's all you've got. And so this is what the, the scoffers were saying, and, and even today some would uh, argue that. Uh, but Peter says, we can be sure that God is coming back. And he says that um, just as the, the, the warning that God gave to the people in Noah's day was true, and it came to pass, the, the earth was destroyed in the flood, that the, the warning that Peter's giving of judgment in the future is a sure thing. And so we see in verse five uh, that the, uh, by the word of God, the world was formed. In verse six, it says, by the word of God, um, the world was destroyed by flood. And verse seven says this, by the same word, the same word of God, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Not necessarily a comforting idea if you would be in the ungodly category. As, as believers, we're gonna see that we have hope, we sang about our hope, uh, we're gonna look at our hope in the scripture this morning. Um, and, and, and Peter's saying though, the destruction of the world is a sure thing. It, it's not something that might happen, it, might, it may happen, we'll see if it happens, it could happen. Peter says, it's gonna happen. And so um, he says, so the, so the argument by the scoffers then is, well, if it's gonna happen, why hasn't it happened yet? And of course Peter says, look, God looks at time differently than, than we do. Uh, for God, a thousand years is a day, and a day is a thousand years. God is eternal. He always has been and he always will be. We're talking about millions and millions and billions, eternal, like millions and billions is too limiting. And so to say a day or a thousand years, God doesn't look at time the way that we look at time. And so this was, uh, this was Peter's uh, uh, conclusion in verse nine. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so we saw the heart of God in this verse. His desire is that people would come to know who he was, that they would put their faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me, here's some dangerous words. I should get Sarah to plug her ears. She probably already knows this. But if Sarah says to me, Jeff, I just really wish, you know, fill in the blank, what's my response? I wanna make her wish come true, right? I'm gonna be the knight in shining armor. If 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 it's important to her, it's important to me, I'm gonna make sure that it happens. Uh, I think of an an example, and this goes back a long time ago, uh, when we were first married, Court and, and Nate were little, running around, uh, not a whole lot of money for vacation, but we wanted to get out and see and explore and experience, so we bought a tent. <laughs> Maybe some of you have done the same thing, right? So you start with the tent, and you can go, and you can see, and you can hike, and you can swim, and you can do these things. 
So we did, we did this for a little while and Sarah said to me, maybe not in these exact words, but this was the gist of it. Jeff, I just really wish, boy, would it not be nice if we were in a pop-up camper? Up off the ground, a good night's sleep, we could keep the kitchen things in there all the time. Phil told me last week, he's got his set up year round so they can party down. You're gonna be down there, maybe they were there last Sunday. Um, but uh, just, it'd be so much easier. So I'm like, you know, at the time you'd have to buy the magazine in the, in the, in the corner store, right? And you'd have to flip through it and look for ads to see what was for sale. There's we weren't, there was no Craigslist. Well, we were on a walk one day and uh, we were walking along and there's this old, beat up, pop-up camper. And the weeds growing through the tongue of the trailer were this tall. So what does that tell you? I said to Sarah, they're not using that one. <laughs> so I said, I wonder if they would sell it to us. So I, I, I went up, I knocked on the door. They were home. I said, uh, do you use your camper much? <laughs> and they said, no, we haven't used it in a couple years. I said, well, I'd be interested in buying it from you. And they said, well, what would you give me for it? Now, this is really gonna indicate the value of this camper, the condition of this camper. I said, how about 200 bucks? And they said, it's yours. <laughs> it was moldy, it leaked. You crank that thing up and, and I had to reattach some of the cables. It was, you, the, the, the beds pulled out and you had to put poles underneath them because they didn't, but we were up off the ground and Sarah was happy. <laughs> it was one, we had, we had some good times in that verse, in that, uh, in that camber, some really good times. So here's the thing though, it all started with Sarah saying, I just wish that we could go camping. I like that, but just, could we get off the ground? Could it be like all that work of, of getting the supplies and, and cooking you know, without a sink, or it would just be, boy, wouldn't that be nice? And so what do we read in this, in this verse? God is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish. That's God's heart for, for us. He's not willing that any of us would perish, but that we would all come to repentance. So when Sarah says, man, I just wish we could get off the ground when we were camping, I bought the $200 camper and, and made, we made the best of it. I did what, what, what it took to make that wish come true. And now this isn't like a God's up there just wishing that, oh, well maybe, like he, this is a different situation. But his desire is that each person would know who he was and bend their knee and believe in Jesus Christ. So I think to myself, what's our response to this desire of our Lord and our Savior, the one who's, who saved us from eternal damnation and punishment? I've got, I thought of a few verses. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, these are ways we could make God's desire come true. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us as preachers of the gospel, as disciple makers, as witnesses, as ambassadors. Okay, recap, that's it from last week. Let's look at verse 10. We're gonna read through the end of the chapter and look at it this morning together. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Peter earlier has already said, this is a sure thing. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, there's a theme there, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We sang about this new Jerusalem. The choir sang for us this morning. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given him as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So Peter's talking about this idea that the world, as we know it, eventually will be destroyed. Verse 7 talks about the, uh, that the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire. Verse 10 talks about the day of the Lord. The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. Verse 12, the coming day of God, the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. So Peter, you think, okay, Peter, this is, you're coming on pretty strong here. Is this just something that, uh, that he's come up with? Well, throughout scripture, we've, and we looked at this a little bit two weeks ago, scripture talks about the coming day of the Lord and it's not going to be a pleasant day. We'll just look at one other one that we didn't look at a couple weeks ago, Malachi chapter four, verse one says, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evil doers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Even Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. 
So Peter sets the stage like that. He says, this is coming. God doesn't desire that anyone would perish though, but that all would come to repentance. So Peter asks this question in verse 11. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? That's a question for us. That's a question for me, it's a question for you this morning. If, if God desires that all would reach repentance, but the, also the truth is that the, the world that exists today will not always exist, a new heavens and a new earth will be brought in for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their savior, what sort of people ought we to be? Of course, I've already suggested that we should be preachers of the gospel, that we should be disciple makers, that we should be his witnesses, that we should be his ambassador. Peter also gives us some, some suggestions here, uh, right here in this chapter. He says, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming day of God? He says we should live a, a, a life full of holy conduct and godly behavior, uh, upright lives before God, doing the, the next right thing that he calls us to do. We get up in the morning, maybe you read your Bible in the evening, you see truth in there, and, and you say, okay, God, I can obey that. That's a life of holiness and godliness. Set apart from the desires of the world and, and a life committed to serving the Lord. It says, as we live this way, we are, in verse 12, waiting for and hastening the day of God. NIV says it this way, as you look forward to the day of God and speed, it's coming. So we're waiting, we're expecting, we're looking forward to, we're anticipating. We, when we sing like the, the songs of choir sang this morning, that's because we are, we're hopeful. We have our hope in Jesus. We're looking forward to that day when we will be in the new Jerusalem. But look what it says. We are also hastening. NIV said to speed its coming. Uh, we, we are, to, this idea of hastening is to hurry or to move along quickly. How in the world would you and I hurry along the coming of the Lord? Scripture is clear, and we've looked at some verses already this morning, that God is using the church, and when I say the church, not just house of prayer, not just the churches in our area, but the, the church, his people, to spread the gospel around the world. It's mind-blowing that he, God would use us, sinful, uh, don't always get it right, don't have the strength to do it, but he, he chooses to use us to share the gospel with the people that are around us and all the way around the world. He's calling us to put aside some of the pursuits of the world and to put our efforts towards sharing God's truth and God's love with people that need to hear it. That's what we're doing the last two weeks of camp and what we're planning to do this coming week. He's inviting us to be his witness, to be his ambassador, as we go through our life. I understand not everyone can set aside a whole week to be here uh, for a week of camp, but as we are going, we can be his witness and his ambassador. This, uh, this week I had about a, 
a 10-minute interaction with a fella on Thursday, and this is in the middle of my busy week, right? Camp would have been enough, but in, I got it in my mind that we're going to just relax on Saturday, so I'm trying to get everything done so that Saturday we're going to be free to just, to just relax. So just a short conversation with this guy that I met. I learned uh, that family had just sold some property. Uh, he had broke his, uh, some vertebrae in his neck in Afghanistan a couple years ago. Uh, other than that, I don't really know anything about him. Short conversation, but I, I say that just to say we, we, it, was more, it was more than just hello. We were having a, a dialogue. I was on a schedule, though. Ever been on a schedule? You got your checklist? I'll, I'll do it in my phone now. Just knocking them out. I got up early that, uh, that morning, here, there, things to do, and I had a task to do, and I had a place to be, and the next person to go see. So I didn't, I didn't have room for him. I, I didn't. I, I behaved in an upright manner, you know. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't mean towards the guy. I didn't cheat him. I didn't. None of those things. But I took no opportunity with this guy, who was open enough to tell me in a short conversation about this land he had sold and his injuries. And I moved on. It was probably a couple hours uh, later that the Lord just kind of put it in my mind. Jeff, you weren't hastening my coming, you were hastening your day in the sun at the lake. Later, later Thursday afternoon, Pastor Daryl might be back with the kids right now, but are you here, Daryl? There he is. You sent me a text Thursday afternoon. This is a, it's a quote by Rick Warren. The people who tend to be the most open to the gospel are those who are in transition or under tension. I thought about the guy that I had just left, too busy to talk to him. How many, how many people in a week do we just blow past because we've got an agenda and we've got a schedule to keep? In this, in, in this chapter, Peter's saying to us, in light of the fact that the, this world as we know it will end. Whatever we, whatever we prize, whatever we're working towards, whatever we're accumulating, what, whatever we are striving for, in the end, we'll have our Lord and Savior and we'll be with the people that have put their faith and trust in him. It will be a glorious day and I look forward to it. But to think that the pursuits that we spend so much time on will be gone. Now, I'm not saying that, that valuing a day of relaxation after a long week with my wife and my son is not important. That's an important pursuit. We've gotta make time for our family. I had time for this guy too, though. It didn't have to be one or the other. We do have a hope though. There's great promise in these verses. Verse 13 says, according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth 
in which righteousness dwells. Isaiah 51, verse 6, says this, talking about this, this, uh, this new heavens and earth. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment. And they who dwell in it will die in like manner. Here's the hope. But my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will never be dismayed. That's our hope, that we will be with him. Revelation chapter 21, speaking, um, uh, it's a chapter, great chapter of the new Jerusalem that the choir sang about, but verse one says this, um, John writing about his vision, he said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. Yes, this earth will pass away, but God will be creating something new, something better, something glorious, something full of righteousness for us to dwell in forever. We have a great hope. And so Peter says, uh, continuing in, in the chapter in verse 14, therefore, beloved, because of these things, because we have this great hope, because we um, will be with our Lord and Savior forever. Since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Here he says, be, be found without spot and blemish. Earlier he said, live a, a life of holiness and live a life of godliness so that you can be at peace. A, a life full of selfishness, a life of sin, a life of self-indulgence, there's no peace there. But a life lived without spot and blemish, a life lived of holy living, of godly living, that's where we find peace. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with other people. So I guess a question for, for uh, the Lord's been asking me, but I'm gonna ask you, what are you holding tightly to that's not eternal? What are, the, what are the things that you are pursuing with your time and your energy that won't last? Since all of these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? What sort of person should I be? We live in a beautiful area. We should be out enjoying it. We should be spending time with our family um, in, in rest and relaxation. It's okay to have a garden that you love. And, 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 and I love my truck. It's 22 years old, but I love it. You can give me a new one and I'll probably sell it and keep the one that I've got. It's okay to, to enjoy what God's given us but as we go along, as we quoted um, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go and make disciples, could be translated, as you are going, be making disciples. As we live this life, we can be making disciples, we can be his witness, we can be his ambassador, and that's what he's called us to do. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for us. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Lord, we celebrate that this morning. 
Lord, I pray that, uh, that each morning when we get up, we'd have an excitement because of what you've done for us. And then a desire because it is your desire that none would perish, that all would reach repentance. Lord, I pray that that would be our desire and we would recognize that you're calling us to a role in that as your ambassadors, as your witnesses, as your disciple makers. Lord, give us eyes for people the same way that you have eyes for people. Help us to see past our busy agenda and to see that as we are going, you are calling us to represent you every day of our life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.